Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Good morning. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Hear the word of the Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it when we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he said to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the internal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. And I was a stranger, and you did not come welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it when we saw you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we are here. We pray that over these next few moments that you might open us, challenge us, and inspire us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen. You may or may not realize this, but today is a holy day in the life of the church. 
It is called Reign of Christ Sunday or Christ the King Sunday. It is the end of our liturgical calendar year and Advent begins our new year just next week. It is on this day that we talk about what Christ as King means in our lives, how this kingship changed the world then and is continuing to change the world today, and how God's kingdom is both here now and will come later. I don't know about you, but when I think of a king or a queen, I picture Queen Elizabeth or King Charles. I know that there are some others out there, but those are the two that we hear the most about here in the States. Figureheads in England who inherited that right by birth. While they may be involved in Parliament to some extent, their power is actually quite limited having reserve powers that can be used if deemed necessary, but often not used off of the advice of those in parliament or other positions of power. Their roles now are more ceremonial than anything, as the role of the monarchy has changed over the years, with power being given to a body that represents the people rather than just the monarchy. In biblical times, however, It was very different. Kings were seen as gods or fierce creatures, powerful and destructive people bent on conquest and domination. They ruled from a place of fear of being overthrown, so they kept their people on a leash, not letting anyone become too powerful so as to overtake them. The duties of the king were to secure their physical land and its boundaries, secure the royal secession, and secure the temple and its religious rituals. The king protected his land and lorded over his people. They could create any law they deemed necessary with very few parameters or checks and balances. They were rarely concerned with what the people wanted, and they didn't really pay attention or care for the least of these in society. This is the type of king that the people knew at that point. And this is the type of king that the people yearned for in the book of Matthew. They wanted someone who would come and take over the Roman Empire's hold on their land and on their people. They wanted a king like Saul or David or Solomon who would bring the power back to them. What they didn't expect, though, is how opposite of a king Jesus would be. You see, he lived most of his adult life with 12 men and likely women who were what I would call normal, everyday people, not aristocrats or religious leaders. He required nothing of another person outside of faith to be cared for or even healed. He taught those that he walked with how to love and show compassion. He taught them how to be in community with one another. He taught them what it meant to care for the least of these. 
When we talk about Christ as king, we have to acknowledge that he did not come to coerce or to dominate. He did not come to cause division. He did not come to fight for the land that the Roman Empire took. He came to serve, to care, to show compassion, to teach, to be an example. He came to heal and to bring wholeness to a broken world. If we were to go back to the kings that they understood at that point, those kings might try to minimize or turn us away from the least of these. But the reign of Christ, or Christ as king, turns us towards the least of these. It turns us towards justice and relationship. It turns us towards reconciliation and compassion and hope. When Jesus is talking about the least of these, he is creating this new social structure that depends not upon what society thinks of a person, but on the God-given dignity and value of every human being. He is reminding his followers to care for the widow and children, but then to also take the extra step forward to feed those who are hungry, not just walk by them and ignore them, to take care of the person on the side of the road who has been beaten, to take off your cloak and put it on the back of someone else who is in need of it, even if they don't deserve it. To comfort those who are imprisoned. To give shelter to those who have none. You see, our call is to recognize and respond to the needs with active love and compassion. John Wesley understood this call to care for the least of these and created something for Methodists to live into called the means of grace. Ways that God works invisibly in disciples, hastening, strengthening, and confirming faith so that God's grace pervades through our lives. It is in the means of grace that we find works of mercy. And we find that same invitation that Jesus is offering us today. Do good works. Visit the sick. Visit those in prison. Feed the hungry. Give generously to the needs of others. Seek justice in depression and discrimination. And he addresses the needs of the poor. As human beings, I think at times... There are three struggles that we face in response to this scripture this morning. One is that we see people who are in different situations from us as them rather than part of us. When we label another as them, we forget that we are not that different and that we are all in need of another at some point in our lives. That we will likely find ourselves as both the least of these and the other. That we are both recipients of the gospel and witnesses to the gospel. That we are both unbeliever 
and believer. That we are both commanded to care and in need of care. That we are both judged by the Son of Man and identified with him in our weakness. That we are both under a judgment for our failure to pursue justice and saved by grace. That we are both a goat and a sheep. Number two, we recognize that many exist who are in need of care. Those who might be considered the least of these in our society. However, at times our response is often to do nothing. Because we recognize and or believe that our actions likely won't change the larger issues that oppress The thing is, scripture is not asking us to necessarily solve these problems unless you are in a position of power to make that difference, which some of us are. But it must be noted that our actions do have more meaning and value than we believe that they do. And we are invited to respond to the human need right in front of us, right in our community right in this building. We are invited to feed people, to give them water, shelter, clothing, decent health care, visit and console them in prison. And ironically, all of these words were radical when Jesus said them, and they are still radical today. The reason because they invite us and require us to be vulnerable. They require us to step out of our everyday norms to walk alongside another. They require us to not just turn a blind eye, but to see and respond to those who need compassion and care. I think in this moment, Jesus is helping us to understand what it means to be uncomfortable, to be challenged, to turn the world inside out, upside down by living into this idea of radical hospitality and ultimately living into the gospel that he taught us to live. Finally, I think oftentimes we forget that God was with the least of these and that God is with us. If you go back to the scriptures, you find that those who were considered righteous are surprised to realize that they cared for the king of creation. When all they did was share who they were and what they had freely without calculation or expectation. On the other hand, the unrighteous are shocked when they have this missed opportunity to show love to the king by loving others or meeting them where they were. It's almost as if they were saying, Lord, if we had known it was you, we would have done the right thing. We would have met them where they were. We would have done everything we could to care for these people. The struggles that we face, we all face these struggles, including me. 
And at times, it can feel like God is trying to trip us up or be sneaky. But God has always been clear about one thing. Our call is to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And in recognizing that loving our neighbor, the least of these or not, we are in fact loving God. Our call is to respond to the needs of others with active love and simple compassion. And in many ways, the most important thing that we can do, that we can offer the other persons in our lives and those who we may not know who need our help is to be the hands and feet of Christ offering them love, often in fundamentally different ways than others. And in loving Christ and loving people as Christ taught us to love, we get to catch a glimpse of the kingdom of God that is here now. My hope as we move towards Advent next week, that we remember that Jesus Jesus came as the least of these. May we be found as those who responded without calculation or expectation, but simply with love and compassion. May we be found to be a sheep, not a goat. In the name of the creator, redeemer, and sustainer, may the people of God say, amen. Amen.